0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sea Fairies by Elfrank Baum, Chapter Fourteen: Captain Joe and Captain Bill. The rooms Zog had given his prisoners were as handsome as all other parts of this strange enchanted castle. Gold was used plentifully in the decorations and in the rose-chamber occupied by the mermaids and trot, golden roses formed a border around the entire room. The sea-maidens had evidently been expected, for the magician had provided couches for them to recline upon, similar to the ones used in the mermaid palaces. The frames were of of mother-of-pearl, and the cushions of soft white sponges in the room were toilet-tables mirrors ornaments and many articles used by earth people which they afterward learned had been plundered by zog from sunken ships and brought to his castle by his allies the sea devils while the mermaids were examining and admiring their room cap'n bill went to the peony room to see what it was like and found his quarters very cosy and interesting There were pictures on the walls, portraits of grave-looking porpoises, bashful seals, and smug and smiling walruses. Some of the wall panels were formed of mirrors and reflected clearly the interior of the room. Around the ceiling was a frieze of imitation peonies in silver, and the furniture was peony-shaped, the broad leaves being bent to form seats and couches. Beside a pretty dressing-table hung a bell-cord, with a tassel at the end. Cap'n Bill did not know it was a bell-cord, so he pulled it to see what would happen, and was puzzled to find that nothing seemed to happen at all, the bell being too far away for him to hear it. Then he began looking at the treasures contained in this royal apartment, and was much pleased with a golden statue of a mermaid that resembled Princess Clea in feature. A silver-flower vase upon a stand contained a bouquet of gorgeous peonies, as natural as life, said Cap'n Bill, although he saw plainly that they must be made of metal. Trot came in just then to see how her dear friend was located. She entered from the doorway that connected the two rooms and said, "'Isn't it pretty, Cap'n? And who'd ever think that awful creature Zog owned such a splendid castle and kept his prisoners in such lovely rooms?' I once heard tell, said the sailor, of a foreign people that sacrificed human beings to please their pagan gods, and before they killed em outright they stuffed the victims full of good things to eat, and dressed em in pretty clothes, and treated em like princes. That's why I don't take much comfort in our fine surroundings, Trot. This Zog is a pagan, if ever there was one, and he don't mean us any good, you may depend on it.' "'No,' replied Trot soberly, "'I'm sure he doesn't expect us to be happy here, "'but I'm going to fool him and have just a good time as I can.' "'As she spoke they both turned around, "'an easy thing to do with a single flop of their flexible tails, "'and Captain Bill uttered a cry of surprise. "'Just around the room stood a perfect duplicate of himself. "'The round head with its bald top and scraggly whiskers, "'the sailor cap and shirt, "'the wide pantaloons, even the wooden leg,' Each and every one were exact copies of those owned by Cap'n Bill. Even the expression in the light blue eyes was the same, and it is no wonder the old sailor stared at his double in amazement. But the next minute he laughed and said, "'Why, Trot, it's me,' reflected in a mirror. But at first I thought it was someone else. Trot was staring, too. "'Look, Cap'n,' she whispered, "'look at the wooden leg.' "'Well, it's my wooden leg, ain't it?' he inquired." If it is, it can't be a reflection in a mirror, she argued, for you haven't got a wooden leg, you've got a fish's tail. The old sailor was so startled by this truth that he gave a great flop with his tail that upset his balance, and made him keel a somersault in the water before he got right side up again. Then he found the other sailor-man laughing at him, and was horrified to find the reflection advancing toward them by stumping along on its wooden leg. "'Keep away! Get out there!' yelled Cap'n Bill. "'You're a ghost, the ghost of me that once was, "'and I can't bear the sight of you. Get out!' "'Did you ring just to tell me to get out?' asked the other in a mild voice. "'I didn't ring,' declared Cap'n Bill. "'You did. You pulled that bell-cord,' said the one-legged man. "'Oh, did pullin' that thing ring a bell?' inquired the Cap'n, "'a little ashamed of his ignorance and reassured by hearing the ghost talk.' It surely did, was the reply, and Sacco told me to answer your bell and look after you, so I'm a-lookin' after you. I wish you wouldn't, protested Captain Bill. I've no use for—for ghostses anyhow. The strange sailor began to chuckle at hearing this, and his chuckle was just like Captain Bill's chuckle, so full of merry humor that it usually made everyone laugh with him. Who are you? asked Trot, who was very curious and much surprised. "'I'm Captain Joe,' was the reply. "'Captain Joe Weedles, formerly of the brig Gladsome, "'and now a slave of Zog at the bottom of the sea.' "'Joe Weedles,' gasped Captain Bill, amazed. "'Joe Weedles of the Gladsome. "'Why, dash my eyes, mate, you must be my brother.' "'Are you Bill Weedles?' asked the other. And then he added, "'But no, you can't be. "'Bill wasn't no merman. "'He were a human critter like myself.' that's what i am said cap'n bill hastily i'm a human critter too i've just borrowed this fish-tail to swim with while i'm visiting the mermaids well well said cap'n joe in astonishment who'd a thought it and who'd ever a thought i'd find my long-lost brother in zog's enchanted castle full fifty fathoms deep down in the wet wet water why as for that replied cap'n bill it's you as is the long-lost brother not me you and your ship disappeared many a year ago, and ain't ever been heard of since, while as for me, I'm livin' on earth yet. You don't look it to all appearances, remarked Cap'n Joe, in a reflective tone of voice, but I'll agree it's many a year since I saw the top of the water, and I'm not expectin' to ever tramp on dry land again. Are you dead, or drownded, or what? asked Cap'n Bill. Neither one nor t'other was the answer but Zog gave me gills, so's I could live in the water like fishes do, and if I got on land I couldn't breathe air any more than a fish out a water-can, so I guess as long as I live I'll have to stay down here. Do you like it? asked Trot. Oh, I don't object much, said Cat and Joe. There ain't much excitement here, for we don't catch a flock of mermaids every day, but the work is easy and the rations fair. I might have been worse off, you know, for when my brig was wrecked, "'I'd a gone to Davy Jones' locker if Zog hadn't happened to find me and made me a fish. "'You don't look as much like a fish as Captain Bill does,' observed Trot. "'Perhaps not,' said Captain Joe. "'But I notice Bill ain't got any gills and breathes like you and the mermaids does. "'When he gets back to land, he'll have his two legs again and live in comfort, breathe air.' "'I won't have two legs,' asserted Captain Bill.' "'for when I'm on earth I'm fitted with one wooden leg "'just the same as you are, Joe.' "'Oh, I hadn't heard of that, Bill, "'but I'm not surprised,' replied Brother Joe. "'Many a sailor gets to wear a wooden leg in time. "'Mine's hickory.' "'So's mine,' said Captain Bill, with an air of pride. "'I'm glad I've run across you, Joe, "'for I often wondered what had become of you. "'Seems too bad, though, "'to have you spend all your life under water.' "'What's the odds?' asked Captain Joe.' i never could keep away from the water since i was a boy and there's more dangers to be met floatin on it than there is soakin in it and one other thing pleases me when i think on it i'm parted from my wife a mighty good woman with a tongue like a two-edged sword and my poor widder'll get the insurance money and live happy as for me bill i'm a good deal happier than i was when she kept scolding me from mornin to night every minute i was home "'Is Zog a kind master?' asked Trot. "'I can't say he's kind,' replied Cap'n Joe, "'for he's as near a devil as any living critter can be. "'He grumbles and growls in his soft voice all day "'and hates himself and everybody else. "'But I don't see much of him. "'There's so many of us slaves here "'that Zog don't pay much attention to us, "'and we have a pretty good time "'when the old magician is shut up in his den, "'as he mostly is.' "'Could you help us to escape?' asked the child. "'Why, I don't know how,' admitted Captain Joe. "'There's magic all around us, "'and we slaves are never allowed to leave this great cave. "'I'll do what I can, of course, "'but Sako is the boy to help you if anyone can. "'That little chap knows a heap, I can tell you. "'So now, if nothing more is wanted, I must get back to work.' "'What work do you do?' Captain Bill asked. "'I sew buttons on Zog's clothes.' every time he gets mad he busts his buttons off, and I have to sew him on again. As he's mad most of the time, it keeps me busy. I'll see you again, won't I, Joe, said Cap'n Bill? No reason why you shouldn't, if you manage to keep alive, said Cap'n Joe, but you mustn't forget, Bill, that Zog has his grip on you, and I've never known anything to escape him yet.' Saying this, the old sailor began to stump toward the door, but tripped his foot against his wooden leg, and gave a swift dive forward. He would have fallen flat, had he not grabbed the drapery at the doorway, and saved himself by holding fast to it with both hands. Even then he rolled and twisted so awkwardly before he could get upon his legs, that Trot had to laugh outright at his antics. "'This hickory leg,' said Captain Joe, "'is so blamed light that it always wants to float.' "'Aga Grew, the gold-worker, has promised me a gold-leg that will stay down, "'but he never has time to make it. "'You're mighty lucky, Bill, to have a merman's tail instead of legs.' "'I guess I am, Joe,' replied Bill, "'for in such a wet country the fishes have the best of it. "'But I ain't sure I'd like this sort of thing always.' "'Think of the money you'd make in a side-show,' said Cap'n Joe, "'with his funny, chuckling laugh.' Then he pounded his wooden leg against the hard floor, and managed to hobble from the room without more accidents. When he had gone, Trot said, "'Aren't you glad to find your brother again, Cap'n Bill?' "'Why, so-so,' replied the sailor. "'I don't know much about Joe, seeing as we haven't met before for many a long year, and all I remember about our boyhood days is that we fought and pulled hair most of the time.' but what worries me most is Joe's looking so much like me myself, wooden leg and all. Don't you think it's rather cheeky and unbrotherly, Trot? Perhaps he can't help it, suggested the child, and anyhow he'll never be able to live on land again. No, said Cap'n Bill with a sigh, Joe's a fish now, and so he ain't likely to be took for me by any of our friends on the earth. End of Chapter Fourteen